listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is the Pharmacy Success Strategies, which is a podcast series based on discussing chapters of my book, Up Solutions, Turning Your Team Into Heroes and Your Customers Into Raving Fans. So this is going to be a juicy discussion. We're going to go deep with pharmacy owners on what is it that they're doing to be successful in their marketplace. How are they being innovative? How are they adapting to change and challenge? And how are they harnessing challenge to literally be part of growing their pharmacy and having a greater impact in their community? So we're about to dive into chapter one which is the opportunity in change. And with me to discuss this, I can't think of a better pharmacy owner to launch this podcast series and to talk about the opportunity in change. I'm honored to have Bob Lominick, the founder and entrepreneur behind Tyson Drugs in Mississippi, Northern Mississippi. And Bob is known as an innovator. So we're going to talk about some of, Bob, we're going to talk about some of how you adjusted to, you know, when lockdown started and patients couldn't come into the pharmacy. But I remember with Pharmacy Development Services and Dan Benamos, he he named you the godfather of sync. And even your approach to synchronized medication has been innovative and created outcomes for your patients and then you share that with other pharmacies. So we'll we'll bring in some of what you've done to be innovative and respond to challenge and growth and change uh, as we discuss chapter one. So Bob, a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining me. I'm so glad to be here. It's always a pleasure, Patty. <laughs> Thank you. So excited. I, I've actually had the privilege of working with Bob a number of times over the last 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, I'll pull out some some tidbits here and there, Bob, just knowing working with you and working with your team and and having seen the growth that you've gone through in the last 15, 16 years, because you went from being really tied into the pharmacy and everything on your shoulders to really developing a world class leadership team and having the team do a lot of running the business so that you're directing, growing, connecting, empowering and inspiring other pharmacy owners rather than spending all of your time working behind the bench. Is that fair to say? Uh, that's not fair. That's nailing it. It's uh, that's exactly what happened. You know, and, and I'll elaborate real quickly on that, that uh, especially pharmacy owners. And I'm I wore those shoes for years. We we thought if. If anything was done correctly, we had to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I was that guy, you know, I was the guy that showed up an hour before the store opened to fill the drink machine, uh, you know, just crazy stuff. Uh, so one of the smartest things I learned how to do over the years is is to delegate. And uh, once I learned that art, uh, and it was hard to give up uh, some things, but once I learned to delegate and assign the proper people, the right space on the uh, the right seat on the bus, then not only did it uh, work better, it was it was more efficient and much better than I could was attempting to do it myself or could have done it myself. So, yes, it's uh, uh, a lot of changes over the years. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I love what you said, because really businesses grow in cycles. It's certainly been my experience. There's no such thing as a straight you know, trajectory, a straight growth line. 
Um, it's almost like you figure out how to uh, deliver on the current level of business that you're at. You know, you you have a learning curve to figure out the infrastructure to create results. And then you're in the sweet spot of, of um, exponential growth that you're, you know, your machine is working well and you're just, you know, creating an impact and producing results. And then you hit a ceiling. And although it's frustrating to be at that ceiling, the ceiling is actually literally telling you that you've maxed out your structure. Congratulations. You. <laughs> you know, you've outgrown your structure um, and you need to simplify and leverage in order to break through that ceiling, go through the next, you know, start into the next growth cycle that you figure out what's the infrastructure required at this level of business. And then, you know, put the infrastructure, you hit that sweet spot and then you're going to hit another ceiling. So, you know, you've actually talked, your your example went through a couple of ceilings that you went through. And I think every pharmacy owner is at a point that, it, especially if you started your pharmacy and it was you and a tech and maybe a cashier, once you got to the point that, you know, you couldn't run your business, grow your business and um, uh, be behind the bench all the time, and you start to have to build a team and develop leadership, that's a ceiling. That's a different skill set of moving from doing to directing. That's correct. You know, and, and you and I have talked about that a lot. And, and and I'm so thankful that you you bring it to my attention every now and then because we do reach those plateaus. And I, I get a feeling of frustration at some point, but I'm going, wow, we built this thing now. It's gone crazy. What, what do we do? It's out of control. Well, guess what? We've reached that next level to, to where we do have to, to you know, tighten our belts a little bit or do whatever it takes to, to say, okay, we've got to go to the next level. And looking back on it, it's, it's been fun watching the different levels and the growth that we've experienced uh, growing from, you know, Hey, I can't afford anybody else to, Hey, I've got to have somebody to manage this for me. I can't do it myself. So it's a different mindset that it creates. What, once you go from that reactive to proactive, once you get really proactive and really focus on something, this is what we found, regardless of what it is, if you focus on it, it becomes successful. You know, I, I love it. And I really want to emphasize, because I think you just shared a gold nugget that I really want to emphasize is the whole idea of going from reactive to proactive. When I talk about the opportunity and change, you know, there's a saying that crisis interrupts all patterns mm -hmm. and the opportunity in the crisis is you have to redesign. I, when I think of the pharmacies that I worked with in 2018 and 2019, you know, especially with all the changes with DIR fees and what was happening with reimbursement, I was working with pharmacies that, you know, were complaining about their margins being squeezed, their profit being, you know, drained away. And yet they weren't as open to redesigning how their team worked, their team was designed, how they interact with patients as they were a year later, like in 2020, 2021, because we all had to adjust and change. All You know, the crisis of lockdowns had us reevaluate how we were operating. And all of a sudden, I, I found that pharmacy owners and team members were willing to relook at and I think you said something, the gold nugget is when you find yourself reactive, you're probably in crisis or change, you're at a ceiling. And the secret to being able to leverage and simplify and break through the next growth cycle is being proactive. Mm 
And as you said, Bob, I mean, listen, words of wisdom here. As you said, the moment you get into a proactive state, you start looking at it. And the moment you start looking, like literally putting your attention and focus on it, you will improve it. That's exactly right. And you and you you talk about COVID and, you know, we learned a lot of great things during COVID. So talk talk a bit about that, because I think that was kind of the first piece. I remember having a conversation with you and you talked about when the stores had to be, you know, a lot of pharmacy businesses at OTC and patients need supplements when they're on medication so that they're not nutrient depleted. And yet, if you had to go to curbside or drive through only, you weren't necessarily patients weren't shopping the store. And they, you know, not, you know, your team's really busy, so they weren't necessarily having conversations. And you shared how you redesigned your whole workflow so your team were having different conversations. Can you talk about that? What did you notice and how did you adjust? Yes, several things helping. And you're right, we did have to literally shut shut the front end of the store down, just like everyone else in in America. Uh, But luckily, uh, we we had a way of creating a, a window at the end of the store to where patients could walk up from the outside. And so having an aggressive, very robust medication synchronization program, we were talking to our patients every month anyway. So we we changed that conversation because things had changed. So they were no longer able to walk in the store. Uh, we still did delivery, um, but you know couldn't deliver to everyone. So we created a, a uh, a system to where, and our, by the way, our, our callers that call the patients every month and knew they were coming in, they had a script that they went by explaining to the patients what, what was happening now that you couldn't come in the store, but we had this pass-through window, and and we, we gave them a dedicated phone number that when it, the phone would ring, it would ring that one phone up where the patients could walk up to the window saying, hey, John Doe, is, I'm, I'm here to pick up my meds. And that way they wouldn't have to wait at the window very long. But we also uh, included in that script, do they need any over-the-counter items? You miss, you know, you mentioned the point that they couldn't get in to do their shopping. Do they need cough drops? Do they need Kleenex? Whatever they need, we would make that available, and then they could pick it up at, at the walk-up window. So that that really, being proactive again, we saw what was happening, and I, I guess being proactive is a reaction. So, so you know, we figured out what can we do to make this happen? Not panic and say, well, oh goodness, what are we going to do? But we got together and said, what can we do to make this happen and make it easier on the patients? So we really never missed a lick during COVID. Um, also, during the COVID, vac- COVID vaccine situation, we still wanted people to get their vaccines. Uh, we had a separate door that we were able to use. And most of us before uh, COVID, uh, we, we did vaccines, mainly flu vaccines. And what do we do? We, we normally have that tent set up outside the store from 10 to two and 300 people show up at the same time. But we we said, this is not gonna work. We can't have a hundred people standing outside or standing in our waiting area. We can't do that. So we created an appointment-based bottle and made it work. We put our scheduler online, all the forms were online to where people could fill them out and we would have them printed out inside when they would come. And we were doing, I don't know, two to three every 15 minutes. And it just worked like clockwork. They were in, of course they had to stay 15 minutes. We had a separate area where they could sit and then they were out. So we created a system that that 
during COVID that made the COVID vaccines work. Our little community is about 7,500 people. We gave over 8,000 COVID vaccines, you know, so a lot for our little community, to be honest with you. But what it what it has done now, because of the uh, appointment-based model, we do a lot of things appointment-based now, and including all the other vaccines that we are currently doing. People can go online to our website and choose whichever vaccine they want, whatever time we're giving them. They can create their own appointment, and they walk in, they get their vaccine, and they're out. So it's changed our way of thinking to mm. be more proactive. You know, change, we, we keep talking about change. And one of my colleagues that I love dearly is retired now. He made a, he made a comment one time that, that uh, everyone wants progress, but nobody wants change. And you can't have one without the other. So we're trying to be progressive. And to be progressive, you've got to make some changes. And that's just part of it. So the only thing... My my entire team knows the only thing constant at Tyson's is change. Mm-hmm. So so we're we're constantly changing, trying to stay ahead of the curve, if you will. Yes, it's perfect, and it's and it's a viewpoint that I really um, honor and recognize has been part of your success because you've instilled that with your team, so they're very innovative, right? Mm-hmm. They come to you with, you know, Bob, I'd like to try this, or I think this is a challenge, or. You know, let's go back to how you adjusted when the stores were closed and patients couldn't come in and shop your store. What was the impact? So re-looking and your team are already great at engaging with patients. You already had a high level of, you know, proactive with your sync program, Um, but you updated the scripts and the engagement and and their team members' awareness of how do I make this easier for patients and how do I make their life better? So what was the impact of that for your OTC sales and the profitability, even though your front of store was closed? It had, it had no financial impact on our, on our business because of the way we handled it. Now, we, 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 my leadership team, we met for hours discussing what this is going to look like. And we had to get team buy-in, obviously. You know, they were apprehensive about facing patients, you know, they didn't want patients in there, you know, everyone, it was, you remember those days, everyone, we didn't know what to do, but we, we sit down and came up with a plan that not only took care of our patients, but it protected our staff as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had sanitation available, you know, everything, you know, they wore the mask, they wore the gloves, they did everything that we're supposed, supposed to do. So, we made it easier on everyone. We made it as easy as possible for the patients. And we had training for our employees to realize what they were doing and what an impact that it would have. So quite honestly, we did not slow down a bit during COVID. I say it did slow down a, a bit. The, the, obviously, a lot of clinics were completely closed. So you had the the acute stuff that slowed down a little bit other than the COVID. But uh, the, the maintenance stuff, our patients never, uh, never got in a situation where they felt like they could not get their medication because we had a plan in place. Fabulous. Fabulous. I love it. And I really want to, I think, you know, your example, Bob, because for example, what you did with the appointment structure, that's continued on. It's like you used a crisis to reevaluate. How do I take better care of my patients? How do I take better care of my team? Mm -hmm. Because that's part of it. And then that's part of the innovation that you're now a leader in how 
uh, you know, your patients in your community interact with your pharmacy? Well, you know, and for, for decades, uh, the, the pharmacy, the, the community pharmacy practice as we know it, has been that reactive model. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so chaotic is there's no structure to that model. We've simply just taken an unstructured, out of control, reactive model and put some structure in place. So these patients coming in four or five times a month, no, they don't do that. Matter of fact, I'll give you an example. I worked one Saturday when my staff pharmacist was off. We have limited hours on Saturday, and I worked, you know, five hours one Saturday. One person came in with a bottle of a maintenance medication to be refilled, and I was irate. One person came in. Now, traditionally, we wanted a bunch of people coming in getting those refills, but only one person came in because the rest of the patient's medications were already filled or picked up because of the proactive model. Mm -hmm. I want to come back. I want to come back to that because I want to make a point and then let's dive into this because this is, I think your approach and this focus on being proactive rather than reactive has literally redesigned your pharmacy. And it's one of the reasons you were a leader in community pharmacy. So let's come back to that. Okay. I really want to make the point, your stories and examples have been a perfect way of demonstrating that any business has an unlimited opportunity for growth if you can solve your customers, your patients' challenges. That the value in your business is not what you sell. I like to say that the value in your business, what you sell is a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, for pharmacy, that's prescriptions. Prescriptions are a vehicle. And thanks to Walmart four dollar formulary and, you know, DIR fees and reimbursements, sometimes it's a loss leader, which they shouldn't be. You should be getting paid for them. But that's a whole other topic. Right. <laughs> the point is, if we look at prescriptions as what brings the patients in the door, now we get to flip and say, what do they need? How do I make their life better? How do I make them healthier? How do I you know, create great value in my community for the health and well-being in my community. That's a different conversation than how many scripts do I fill. If we look at that scripts bring the patient in the door. Now you took that to a whole other level and um, you shared a story. We did an interview, the two of us with Todd Yuri about a month or so ago. And you shared a story in a way that I hadn't heard it before. So I thought that was interesting uh, about when you first started to create, decide that you were done, talk about crisis interrupts all patterns, right? That you were done, you'd miss, you're missing family things, they were long days, you were tired. So talk about that, Bob. Talk about where were you when you decided something had to change and you started looking at it, what would be a proactive model? What would be a solution to this for you, your team, and your patients? So quite honestly, and I remember that night, very well. I I was thinking very selfishly. I, I, I got home from the pharmacy. I'd closed the pharmacy. Again, I was that guy that went in an hour early and stayed an hour after we closed. Went into the went into my home when when I when I, you know, closed up the pharmacy and stayed and did a little work, went home. And my family, my wife and kids had gone to probably a ball game or something that I couldn't go to because I was married to the pharmacy. And the house is completely empty and it was quiet. I didn't turn the TV on, didn't turn the radio on. I just sit down because my brain was literally fried. I said, this is not the way I thought my career was going to be. So I thought about 
what what could I do? And I said, well, I've got three choices here. I can continue to complain about it. And my family and friends were sick of me complaining. Uh, I could put a fake smile on and, and go in every day like I was really enjoying this, or I could change. But what was I going to change? I reflected on the, on the day. We may have a little background noise. I apologize. I reflected on the day and who came in. We all know our patients, you know, by name. We know them very well. Well, everyone that came in that day had been in three or four days before. They'd been in weeks before. They were constantly interrupting what I was trying to do. It didn't matter what I was doing. I was getting interrupted because, as I said earlier, they're bringing those bottles in for refills. So I thought, why can't these people get all their medications at one time every month? And what I was talking about was synchronization. I didn't call it that at the time. I was looking for something to make my life easier, which it does that. So I said, well, I'm going to come up with a plan to where I know a week or so in advance that their meds are becoming due, and I have time to work on them and get them ready and, and solve any problems, being proactive. I wasn't thinking that way at the time, but that's what I was thinking. I was thinking selfishly, I want my life to be easier. So come up with a system to where I know in advance, and I start working on their medications, and then when they come in, they're, they're, and I'm going to call them in advance. So we do the counseling on that call, not while they're in the store, not while we're really busy. We have a, you know, the calls done in a controlled environment where our techs actually have time to talk to them and figure out. So you, you mentioned that, that we don't know what the patients need. Well, this gives us the opportunity to find out what they need. What are their pain points? You know, it's amazing what you can find out in a one-minute conversation. So, but anyway, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So I went in the next day to, the, to my staff and I said, Hey, we're going to line all these maintenance medications up for each each person where they run out one day each month, and we're going to call them in advance. They said, how are we going to do that? I said, I don't have a clue how we're going to do it, but this is what we're going to do. Of course, fast forward nowadays, the computer systems will do that for you. So what happened after several months, and believe me, I had a bunch of headaches, a bunch of speed bumps I went through, and so many times I wanted to throw in the towel but every time I would think like that, I would remember that night sitting on a sofa. And I would say, I may not be going the right way, but I'm not going back there. So I stayed on track. And sure enough, several months, and I wish I'd have kept records of this, several months when we probably had 100, 150 patients, things were much more manageable. It was it was very proactive. The phones weren't ringing as much. And, and I went, wow, we've got something here. So then I started noticing that the patients were not adherent. We would say, it's time for your medications. They say, well, I'm not out of them, okay? I was thinking selfishly about myself, which it did make my life easier. Now, all of a sudden, I realized what a difference I could make in the patients. By keeping them adherent on those med sync calls, we change those scripts to where it's about the patient then. Are you taking it correctly? Are you getting the desired outcomes? Still room for improvement, but we've come a long way, and my adherence numbers are really good, which means my patients are healthier, which is what we're supposed to be doing. Yes, and talk about the business impact of, of this. So um, let's talk about, Bob, what's the percentage right now of scripts filled in your pharmacies? And you have three different pharmacies. So what's the scripts, the um, percentage of scripts filled are in your your sync program? And what's the impact of your business because of that? People, it, it's hard to believe. We still have acute stuff going on. You know, we still take care of cough, cold and flu and coming up season. And uh, but we, we run 85 percent of our prescriptions, our maintenance prescriptions are done through my sync program, which means every day when my staff comes in, 
85% of what they, they know what they're going to do when they come in. Uh, I have visitors. We, we, we have a med sync training program for, for other pharmacies coming in. They come in from all over the nation and they say, wow. I said, how many prescriptions you say you were filling here? I said, I don't know, five to 800 a day. And there's nothing going on. They can't see the chaos. So it eliminated all the, all the chaos. Now, financially, uh, if you're not in a sync program, NCPA did a study years ago that that the average refill on a 30-day prescription is somewhere between 30 and 45 days, which means average of two weeks out of every month, they're not getting their meds filled. So those prescriptions are being filled seven or eight times a year. Under a sync model, they're going to 12 times a year. So you're getting incremental revenue from the additional fills that you were not getting before. Then you have the opportunity to do add-on services because you have time to talk to the patient. You've gone from reactive to where you're just fighting all day, every day, to proactive. Guess what's getting ready to happen right now? It's flu season. Get Guess what our sync callers are doing? We're calling over 3,000 patients every month. Have you had your flu shot? Let me schedule a flu shot. So it gives us time to have these conversations that we normally didn't have. We've done more Shingrix vaccines this year than we've ever done. So it it'll, whatever we want to do, we can work it into that model. No matter what we want to do, we can easily work it into that model. And we change it periodically. You know, it may be sync. Uh, I mean, uh, Shingrix this month uh, coming up, we may work in pneumonia vaccines or we will work in pneumonia vaccines. And you can use your dispensing system, put triggers to to trigger the patients that are eligible for whatever you're trying to do in place. Bottom line is it allows you to do more things that you could not do. And I, I talk about sync all over the nation. That's the number one thing I hear is pharmacy owners say, I don't have time to do anything else. I'm so busy right now. I can't do anything. Well, they're exactly right, but because they hadn't changed their business model, mm -hmm. they're still reactive, not proactive. And then oh, how about with your inventory? Because you shared a story that when uh, you added your third pharmacy a couple of years ago, you know, when you bought the pharmacy, it came with $800,000 inventory. And now you know, where are you at? What does, what's the impact of managing your inventory of a, of a robust sync program? So that was actually 2018. It's been that many years ago. So when, when we acquired that store, uh, the total inventory for all my stores was uh, over $900,000. So we focused on inventory. Lots of ways you can do that, especially the expensive medi medications. If they're on those High dollar, they automatically go into a sync program. By the way, our sync program is an opt-out model, not an opt-in model. So anyway, we, we really focused, uh, at that time it was not, but we made it uh, opt-out on it. But we focused on those medications that were sitting on my shelf that were very expensive that patients who were not in my sync model were taking. They automatically went into my sync model. We pull them off the shelf because we're, we're communicating with them a week before they're due. Long story, uh, from 2018 to the present, we went from an inventory over $900,000 to we're operating less than $300,000 now. For all three stores. For all three stores. Yes. With a high volume. With a high volume. Right. Yes. Well done. Basically virtual inventory. Love it. So, and then Bob, what do, you've seen a lot of pharmacies and you talk about sync all the time, as you said, all around the nation. What have you seen? Because a lot of times I talk to a pharmacy owner and say, oh, yeah, we have a sync program. Yeah. 
but they have, you know, 100 patients or not even 100 patients on their state program. You've commented that what do you think is the magic percentage of prescription fills that you see a significant shift in the reactive to proactive in the pharmacy? But when you and and, and by the way, when, when I've talked to pharmacy owners and, and I will ask them at meetings and I'll do you have a sync program? Yeah, I got a sync program. And how many patients you, you, you have? And they say, oh, we've got 75 or 100. Well, if if that's how many patients you have, you don't really have a sync program. You've got a headache because you're treating a small portion of your patients differently than whatever you call your normal way of doing business. So once you start, and, and I've had pay, uh, store owners that would come here and I would teach them how to do sync. And I would explain that it makes life much easier. Well, after a couple of months or three months, and they have that 50 to 75 patients, they call me and say, Bob, you said it would be easier. I said, well, you're not there yet. Keep going. It is hard. It's harder right now because you're taking a certain number of patients and doing it differently until sync becomes your normal way of doing business. Now, to answer your question, 50% is a magic number when you can really start telling the difference. So 50% so, of scripts filled scripts are filled. in the sync program. Exactly. Now, you, you can you can see a little bit of it before then. When you get to 50%, you can say, wow, this is really good. Then you push the pedal and keep going and going and go. When you get up to 60, 70, 85% like we are, and I don't mind telling you that at 2 or 3 o'clock every afternoon, my staff, is they're, they're caught up. They're done at 2 o'clock every afternoon. So I guess, you know, they, they keep saying, well, why don't we close early? I'll close early. Well, guess what? I've got other programs I'm rolling out that they're going to help me with rather than do nothing. So, yeah. So we've we've created a, a, a large efficiency in the filling process. Filling is just a manual, you know. Uh, and actually, I've made comments that, that filling the prescription is getting away of what we're supposed to be doing, which is taking care of the patient. But you've got to fill the prescription because that's what engages the patient. Okay. So that's what brings them to the table. That's what brings them to the table. And yet that's not what we can depend on anymore. Yes. Profitable in exactly. the pharmacy, right? Exactly. I love it. Well, and, and so that really pulls it all together, Bob. You know, chapter one is the opportunity and change. And as you said very well, is that every business needs to go through change if you're going to continue to grow. I like to say, you know, if you look at nature, there is no such thing as static. Grass grows or dies. Right. Right. There's no standing still. If you're standing still, you're going backwards. I love how you put that, that, you know, I like, I want to keep framing in this reactive to proactive model. What are you focusing on? The rule of thumb is wherever you put your attention, that's what expands. Right. And I just want to pull in from the chapter because you've really demonstrated this. But one of the things in the chapter we talk about is that there are literally new business rules. So we have to think about our business in a different way. And there's three things I talk about. We need to shift our focus from sales to solutions. How are you creating solutions? Um, And we need to shift from transactions to relationships. How are you solving problems? And then your job is to clearly communicate why choose your pharmacy. And it's not that you fill prescriptions. It's how do you help your patients live healthier, better lives? And um, being clear on that. And it's not that you're not already delivering it. Your patients will tell you why they keep choosing you and why they keep coming back. They've already chosen you, you're already delivering value, but you want to start paying attention to what it is. So saying that, Bob, just in pulling this all together, when when did you notice, because you 
focus on solutions. You focus on, you know, why patients should come back. How are you making their life easier? When did you notice a shift and what's been the impact? So it, 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 when, when we started the MedSync program, again, for selfish reasons, then I saw what it was doing for my patients with their adherence, making certain they're taking their medications correctly. And then two things that made me realize I was having a big impact is when my staff saw the patient that came in and and they were not getting their medications correctly, say, oh, this patient needs to be in sync. And they would they would they would initiate it. They saw the benefits. They saw the but really what I, what has a bigger impact than anything is we're in a small community. And if I'm if I have to run by the grocery store when I leave the leave the pharmacy and patients come up to me and they say, Bob, you don't know how much I appreciate Casey calling me every month. You call me before I need my meds. You make certain I'm taking my meds correctly. Then you let me know when they're ready. What a great service that is. So they don't know that that what that is doing is keeping them healthy. That's what makes me feel the best is, hey, I know you're healthy. I know you're taking your medications correctly. And where would you be if we were still in that same reactive model? So very, very rewarding personally, you know, to, to and I've shared the story of how my family saw the difference in, in me personally when I went from this reactive to proactive model. That night that I went home and I couldn't go to a ball game, guess what? I'm going to ball games now. I'm, 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 my family, I, I tell people, uh, I laugh and tell them I didn't know my family didn't like me before I made the change, <laughs> but it's, it, it, I knew how it affected my business, but I had no idea how it affected me personally by changing from reactive to proactive. Yeah, I love it. There's a rule of thumb, regardless of what we say is most important for us, where we spend our time is communicating what's important to us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, Bob, thank you for joining me. This was uh, an enriching conversation. I love tapping into your genius and uh -huh. perfect launch to this pharmacy success strategy podcast of, you know, tapping into the opportunity in change. I love how you introduced the idea of reactive to proactive. And really, it's almost like when we get to a spot that we just feel burned out or we're frustrated or we're, you know, you know, it's like the whole day seems to go by and nothing moves us forward. That's an indicator. Yep. It's just an indicator. And if we pay attention, it's like, what is this telling us? And how that's do exactly where I was. Very good. And then and then how do we shift? What's the opportunity? If that's a challenge, that door is closed. What door is opening that you get to harness and move forward? And I love, Bob, that you shared your process because it doesn't get easy when you create the strategy. You have to lean into it and remember what you're moving away from right. and giving it time to get up to speed. The easy part would have been give up on it, you know, uh, but thank goodness I did not. You know. I love the saying, if you want an easy life, take the hard road. And if you want a hard life, take the easy road. That's exactly right. I think it's important that, as you said, you know, people pull back from change but it's almost like we need to leave it into what change do we want to design and how do we harness and have an impact that we want to have yep. and use the challenges to kind of be our direction of what's no longer working and how do we harness it in the future that we want to go into i think um either either we go into change because something's pushing us or we go into change because we have a strong vision and sometimes we need the 
push <laughs> to embrace the vision, but then it is where are you putting your attention and what do you want to develop? What impact do you want to have? You know, I have business owners, pharmacy owners come in here and see what we're doing and all the things that, that we're doing. And we, we've got a lot of different moving parts, but we also have a ton of fundamental basics that everyone should have. And at one time I did not have like the record keeping data analysis, all that type stuff that is being done. And these visitors come in and they go, oh, gosh, I can't believe you're doing all this. Well, I don't even think about that anymore because it's just happening. We've created processes and, and again, from going from that reactive proactive has have given us time to think about what do we need to see? What are the date? What's the data we need to say? Oh, what's my favorite saying, Patty, anything measured improves, anything measured and reported on improves exponentially. And my whole team lives by that. We report so much data that we react to. We, 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 we're very proactive, you know, so why is this not improving? And then what measures can we take to improve it? Or if this one is really showing a lot of good progress, what, what are we doing right here? You know, we have time to analyze it. Lovely, which means you have time to grow your business. Exactly. So, Bob, I just want to say thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experience and your passion around community pharmacy and the impact a community pharmacy can have in, in their area with their patients. Uh, that brings us to a close for this episode, which is Harnessing the Opportunity and Change. Stay tuned for the next episode when we lean into Chapter 2, Understanding Your Patients. So if you're creating solutions, you have to be creating solutions to your patient needs. And it starts with understanding that your patients don't even know the questions to ask to make an effective decision. So watch out for episode two launching next month. Thank you, Patty. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Bob.